0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of SIS Masters Podcast, the podcast where we dive into the world of sports industry leaders, the ones who make a difference. Today I'm delighted to introduce Kuhn Bosma, Dutch football player, expert in innovation and sports tech, who now serves as partner and head of VC investments at Apex Capital. What intrigued me is the unique approach that Kuhn and Apex Capital adopt, involving athletes as investors. The purpose of the investment is also very clear, making the sport better. But what does it mean concretely? How to engage athletes? How to invest with them? Where to invest? In this episode, we will delve deeper into those topics. Enjoy this talk and feel free to like and subscribe to our podcast, SIS Masters. Hello, welcome back to another episode of SIS Masters, a podcast where we dive into the world of sports industry leaders. I'm your host, Arnaud Rija, and today we have a very special guest with us. He's a former professional football player, an expert in the innovation and tech world, and currently the partner and head of VC investments at Apex Capital. So we're going to speak about sports tech and investments. Apex Capital in investing with athletes in sports media and entertainment solutions, so please welcome with me Kuhn Bosma, Kuhn, thanks so much for being with us today. Where are you today by the way
1: I'm in sunny Amsterdam. sunny Amsterdam. Is that possible? sunny Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah, no it is it's been we've we've had a horrible I felt the winter was was uh, two years this year, uh, but since the month of making, we are happy people here in Amsterdam.
0: Nice. Well, by the way, I love the city you are in. Uh, So Kun, I would love audience to get to know you a bit better. So we're gonna start with your personal journey. Then we're gonna speak about Apex Capital and your work at Apex Capital, and then have a bit of your leadership thinking on sports tech and what's coming. So let's start with your journey. You're a football player, but you had quite an original
1: career. (laughs) <laughs> no, true. Um, well, I. Uh, how can I say this? I uh, so yes, I was a football player, but but quite quickly I, I realized that um, I wasn't going to be a multi-million euro uh, uh, player. So luckily for me, both my parents are are teachers, and and they really enforced the fact that I should next to pursuing a career, I should always uh, pursue something academically as well. Uh, so I did. Uh, was able to combine the two. And when I finished my master's degree, my girlfriend at the time, wife now and, and mother of my kids now, um, mm-hmm. finished her teaching degree. And uh, the opportunity came for me to uh, to play football in in Asia. Well, there was a couple places I could go in in uh, in Spain and in the UK, uh, but we uh, we opted to go to Asia and and. Uh, yeah, experienced uh, amazing things there. Experienced very difficult things, um, and even though I'm I'm still considering myself quite quite young, um, we we really had to grow up fast in uh, uh, in in those couple years. Um, so it was a great time, great experience, and um, lear- learned a lot. So you went to Vietnam, you went to Thailand. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, so the first team I signed for was a team called the uh, Phnom Penh Crown. Uh, they were the the reigning champions of the Cambodian Sea uh, League. It's called. Um, so when I went there for the first uh, uh, time, uh, I don't know how much how long the podcast is, but I can I can I can speak for hours on this experience, but um we were uh, uh, we were there it was a team owned by one of the uh, richer people in the uh, in the country only a couple foreigners allowed and um, he was very ambitious the coach was very ambitious on uh, doing something uh, great in asia and um, it really helped the country develop uh, uh, its football um, culture and and things like that um, So it was a great experience there, but uh, no facilities. We were, um, uh, if it was raining, that was our shower. There were coconuts on the field. It was nothing like professional football, uh, but I absolutely loved it. And um, we played a tournament in, in Vietnam where it's like a mini Champions League, where the champions of Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar, Thailand, Vietnam, and well, name another country, uh, uh, were invited to play, which was broadcasted on, let's say, regional TV. And I happened to play quite well. And uh, yeah, the opportunity for me came to uh, to go to uh, Vietnam. And um, uh, the team I signed for, actually, in my opinion, they paid a lot of money. Uh, so uh, even though I didn't go for the money, when someone is offering you money, it's difficult to, to uh, say no, especially if you're relatively young. So we went there, but it was a tough experience. And just, yeah, there's, there are stories. I don't know if they're suitable for your uh, podcast. I'll, I'll let you <laughs> be the judge of that. But, um, uh, great things uh, to look back at. But if you're in the middle of it, it's a bit more tough to um, uh, uh, look at it from, uh, uh, call it a helicopter view.
0: Yeah. And well, I'm sure it gave you quite a, very few people had the opportunity to view such diversity in the world and live. Uh, things as you did and be so open-minded in some ways. So how did you how did you manage a transition quite quick? Because it seems you've always been involved in innovation and tech at the same time. Uh, so what sparked this your interest in this field?
1: Yeah. So th- just to make the circle uh, complete. So uh, after Vietnam, I went to Australia. Uh, we won oh, the cup there sorry. actually, so that was a great experience. And then I moved back to Amsterdam, and, and during my bachelor and master uh, uh, thesis, there was an innovation movement called the Lean Startup. I'm unsure whether you're aware, but it was a big uh, movement from the US, and we were hosting events in in um, uh, in uh, all over Europe uh, to bring that movement in into Europe as well. And while I was playing abroad, uh, close to two year, two years. Um, There was a lot of um, activity still going on in in that space. And uh, I ended up starting my own company together with uh, two partners in which we helped various financial institutions to implement the Lean Startup methodology in their ways of innovating. We built it out quite nicely, did well. And then for me, the opportunity came to to go to Qatar and um, uh, lead a micro fund to invest in, in sports technology leading up to the 2022 World Cup. And that for me was a coming together of one, uh, being involved in innovation, entrepreneurship, creating new things. And the good thing about innovation is you're always trying to create positive change. You want to make things better, Um, which sometimes in management consulting, you also do it. But there's also sort of a negativity uh, uh, element uh, and restructuring element involved. And the fact that we could work uh, with uh, the local partners in Qatar who were so ambitious to make their stand and showcase that for them, that um, they really want to uh, pursue excellence in, in sports uh, and willing to take the risk to invest in early stage companies and create that platform for uh, growth and economic development. Yeah, it was a great combination for me because I could do things that I really liked in an industry that ultimately... I care most about which is sports and um, that really was the the foundational experience for for me to get into investments in sports in sports tech and sports media and as you know that world is not uh, extremely big uh, but it's already uh, over five years that I'm uh, involved in it so yeah then um, things go quite quickly I'd I have to say yeah so from the beginning, you've been involved in the
0: innovation works through the Lean Startup program that you developed and empowered and in some ways. Uh, I mean, you help companies use it. Then the Qatar experience. Let us know more. Then we go to Apex Capital, but let us know more about the Qatar experience because, I mean, it's quite a unique opportunity. What was it exactly that you were doing? Uh, what were your key learnings from that experience?
1: Um, in Qatar, they uh, of course, they hosted the World Cup uh, yep. and in the years before the World Cup, they were looking to invest in technology that would enhance that overall experience. So whether it's on a fan experience level, on a sports performance level, on a sports science, medical, so anything and everything that relates to sports and could potentially uh, create a better experience for athletes, coaches, uh, teams, fans traveling into uh, Qatar. Would have their uh, interest, and they brought together uh, the leading organizations in inside Qatar. Uh, Also, FIFA was involved at a certain moment uh, uh, in time, and yeah, the objective was to build a portfolio of of uh, companies, and uh, we did that. I had a great time. I have a lot of good friends still in uh, Qatar. Uh, I was lucky enough to go back to Qatar for uh, the World Cup and really experience uh, what that was like, and even though. I don't know how it was in in other parts of the world, but uh, let's say the broadcasts uh, here in the Netherlands, there was still a negative sentiment around the World Cup being hosted in in Qatar. And uh, for sure, many things there could have been a lot uh, better, but uh, the majority of the information spread was not very accurate. And uh, uh, knowing knowing, uh, why... Um, uh, the Qatari uh, put all that effort and energy in, in, in hosting and what their overall objective is to how it was portrayed in, in some cases, yeah, I felt it was a bit sour and, and therefore very unfortunate. But for me, I had a great time, made a lot of good friends, uh, even with APEX working with a couple um, people from Qatar still. So no, it also uh, a great experience after Asia, uh, Australia, then the Middle East. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's always nice to to meet people from uh, different parts of uh, the world, different backgrounds, different upbringings, different religions, and and see uh, what you can learn from that. And uh, uh, I think yeah, that mentality is also one of the things why why the world of VC interests me a lot, mm-hmm. uh, because yeah, you're, you're always learning on things that haven't existed before. So uh, you, you need to have that flexible mind, I guess.
0: Yes, and when you speak about the perception of Qatar, yeah, we. Both in the negative sentiment in different countries but um, I was also lucky to experience that workup there and it was such a fantastic delivery and experience for the fans and for everyone working there um, speaking about this workup have you seen anything any improvement that was significant to you in the delivery of the
1: workup I think the the overall Uh, objective was to create the most ultimate experience for both athletes and and fans. And the fact that the stadiums in maximum distance were somewhat around 70 kilometers uh, apart from each other, this allowed people to uh, witness great games, um, three great, great games a day. Uh, uh, physically, and if you would compare it to just before we you started recording, you mentioned the different things for the U.S. and Mexico, and and uh, how that is going to be uh, organized. Uh, it's impossible for anyone to to watch a couple games, probably even in in the World Cup, without uh, not even talking about pollution and travel and all these different complexity uh, uh, that comes with it. But within Qatar, it was super easy, and. Um, uh, there was no hostility, there was no going to a football game where you can sometimes feel a bit, you know, on edge or or you see people doing weird things. It was none of that. So it was football in the purest form. Ultimately, uh, Lionel Messi in, in Argentina winning was also a great uh, uh, testimony to that. But... Um, Now, honestly, uh, on the delivery of the World Cup, I have nothing uh, negative to say. And yeah, so that's why sometimes it feels a bit sour uh, when there is a negative perception created without, let's say, the full uh, information being uh, either made available or people even taking it in before having an opinion. and. Uh, OK, that's maybe a bit of a, a, a statement, but that's actually a dangerous thing, though, to feel something about something without being completely informed. And, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I think it was a great World Cup uh, from everyone traveling there uh, and being there. Also, the players we had, close to 20 players active uh, that we work with in, in, in Apex on the World Cup. Nothing but uh, compliments for uh, training fields, stadium traveling, uh, facilities, food, none of that.
0: Yeah, everything was made easy for everyone and just focus on the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how did you move from this experience in in Qatar to Apex Capital? Again, now you are partner and head of these investments. How did you move yeah. to that? What What is the purpose behind that?
1: No, there was. um, So when, uh, because we were investing in in, uh, uh, a lot of different companies uh, from Qatar, uh, I was fortunate enough to to meet a lot of interesting people from a lot of different parts of the world, either in Qatar or uh, abroad. And one of the key movements that I saw there was that there were these athlete communities created in the US where athletes would create, call it a locker room outside of uh, the sports field, where they would be able to go and meet, discuss business, discuss ideas, basically things beyond uh, football or or becoming more than an athlete. And uh, that truly, well, I can even say inspired me because I I, I really saw the potential that if an athlete gets involved in a business, that doors are opening. Not uh, not only a lot of more doors will be opened, but more doors will be opened more quickly as well. So the athlete as an accelerator uh, startup growth that was really something that that inspired me to to dive deeper on. So when I moved back to Amsterdam, prime COVID, by the way, uh, because we were expecting our second uh, uh, baby, uh, that really inspired me. And I said, okay, what what can we do with European athletes to get them more active in in, in investing in startups in sports media and entertainment, meaning the industries that they understand and have built a network that ninety nine out of uh, ninety five out of a hundred times they they don't put to use they don't even know how to put it to uh, uh to use and so started a syndicate made a couple investments from uh, uh from that syndicate and then ultimately uh through luis vicente maybe you know uh, luis yes uh, uh, he's a chairman well as, of the board right of apex correct chairman of our board uh, former chief innovation officer for fifa and uh, uh the guys at apex were doing uh the exact same uh, uh thing and normally between VCs, VC can also be a bit of a posh uh, thing where, you know, people always pretend to know a little bit more than than uh, than someone else, and they want to be the smartest people in in the room, which is fine to a degree, but uh, it's not per se how how yeah. I know I want to live my life. I hope to never be the smartest person in uh, uh, in the room. <laughs> that we didn't discuss. Okay, let's start sharing deals together, and let's do different things. But we really aligned on that vision on saying okay. Uh, we should create the go-to community for European athletes when it comes to venture investing. And instead of everyone doing it on their own and trying to figure out how it works and the pitfalls and everything that comes with it, let's create the community where athletes discuss these things together, uh, jointly back uh, a couple companies, rather than uh, doing these things on their own. And that's the journey that we uh, we embarked on and, and it's been a great one ever since. We've done deals. Uh, launching our first fund uh, working with a lot of different athletes in in over 10 different sports unfortunately uh, not too many female athletes involved uh, yet so uh, i don't know uh, i don't know if you have a good introduction but would love to meet some more female athletes to include them and their perspective into uh into what we do and ultimately help amazing founders in sports media and entertainment Uh, With athletes that get involved and and open doors that in other cases would have remained closed.
0: All right. So the story is quite recent because Apex is quite young, two years maybe? Correct. Two years, okay. So creating a fund as such is not an easy thing. (laughs) Plus, when you want to involve athletes, it makes it even more complex because as you say, Athletes, they need to grow up quick (laughs) and understanding Mm -hmm. where to invest, how to invest, trusting, getting trust. So let's go a bit deeper on different topics. When you decide athletes, we believe they are accelerator for startups. Why and how do
1: you convince athletes to step in? Well, um, luckily for us, it's never been a situation where we have to convince athletes to start looking at venture investing so there are athletes that invest in in uh, venture there are actually plenty and actually a lot of athletes are looking uh, for opportunities outside of let's say just doing their job it's not just a job but you 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 get the point Be, being more yeah. than an athlete and driving positive change and uh, for us uh, we are former athletes we have athletes in our uh, in our holding company uh, that have that entrepreneurial uh, uh, dna and really how we've grown is that if athletes they're actually normal people you know it's not that they're from mars or or something uh, like this and they're all curious to learn and if one athlete is doing something that intrigues the other there's always a natural interest to to explore and and do different things so we literally literally grew from one athlete to the next athlete to the next athlete and because we can Uh, we've been in the dressing room and we uh, speak the same language as athletes. We really translate the world of VC investment into a language that anyone can understand. And um, the fact that we take the time to explain how it works and why one thing is different than another thing and uh, take our time to explain those details, you really see that uh, the more understanding there is and the more confident uh, they're becoming in being able to do something, uh, that is our growth. And uh, uh, also, if you look at, let's say, the previous generation of, of uh, uh, football players, any one of them, any story that you remember from Europe on an athlete investing, 99 out of 100 is a negative one. Is oh, he invested in something, it went wrong. He did this. Oh, why should he be doing this? He should just probably play football or drive a, a Formula One car or do something else and uh, not get involved in things he doesn't understand. So there was always a negative sentiment around athletes getting involved in businesses because ah, it's better for them to just focus on their uh, uh, sports. And what we look to do with our athletes is make sure that they connect with each other from different sports, different uh, parts of the world, different backgrounds, different perspectives to really share their stories on how they uh, got going and create that peer to peer uh, uh, platform is not the right word, but uh, conversation we, exactly conversation to uh, uh, for them to have and to learn from each other and ultimately this is always what we what we explain to to everyone uh, very black and white we are investment company so we attract capital to put it to work in businesses that we believe have great potential but there's uh there's nothing new about a fund there's nothing new about investing in uh, uh companies whether it's so uh, sports or another thematic it doesn't really matter but the fact that we have that community where uh, athletes are learning about business and interested are learning about uh, business, and people that have a passion for sports and entertainment can also interact with those uh, uh, athletes, yeah, that is really the powerful community that that we are building, and ultimately that soft component is as much of, of a driver for people to come in into Apex and invest with us, let's say the access to great deals that, that we have. Um, yeah, the, the hard and soft component are, are equally important.
0: Yeah, and we've seen a shift in the last recent years, not not that long ago, where we see it started in the U.S. mostly. At least it was more known in the U.S. Uh, with athletes, entrepreneurs, and beautiful stories, beautiful success stories. Matthew Flamini in Europe is uh, quite a unique one. But uh, so athletes leveraging their brand, uh, the network, uh, their knowledge, even while playing, which is incredible because you see this generation of athletes that have that become multitask in some ways and not only players. Some want to make a positive impact. Some might want to just make business and make more money, uh, as simple mm-hmm. as that. But the Kevin Durant, the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant, the, uh, and many others, Serena Williams, Sharapova in different sports—it's uh, its impressive. So we see this new generation, which is very much mature in some ways. Oh, I can be way more than an athlete. What's next? Oh, but it's not what's next
1: when I'm fifty. <laughs> it's no. what's next now. <laughs> it's it's exactly that, and of course the call it American mentality versus European mentality can't be compared. Uh, but uh, American athletes see themselves as businessmen. And if you ask a footballer from Paris Saint-Germain or whichever team, uh, what they are to say, I'm a football player, they're not going to say I'm a businessman. But if you look at how much, uh, where their money is coming from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's actually not because uh, they play football. Yes, it's because they've played football, but it's because they do so many other things outside of sports that is actually driving more revenue to come in than just playing uh, uh, that sport. So. The um, A funny story to, to add as well. We, we work with a group of, of football players in, in the US and uh, one of them, his, his name is uh, Sebastian Leger and he plays for Dallas. Um, he, about half a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, expressed the ambition to raise his own uh, uh, VC fund and you would have the MLS on their uh, league social accounts promote and applaud an active football player uh, or soccer player in the U.S., but uh, we call it football, active football player, to do these type of businesses next to playing a uh, career. But if you think of it, and you would look at whether it's the league uh, or uh, the Eredivisie or something uh, like this, and you would have a player from Ajax say, while playing in the prime of his uh, career, I'm launching my own feet. What do you think would happen? You think the Eredivisie would retreat? But Exactly. And um the fact that in the US the league and there's uh so much more respect for people that want to whether it's leverage or use um just being who, who they are to do more than play sports, yeah I think is fascinating and we will never have that in Europe. I'll oh, well, never say never, but it's unlikely for, for that shift to happen in Europe. But we are looking to help athletes in their entrepreneurial uh, uh journey, whether it's really as an entrepreneur creating their own things or as an investor helping founders to create positive change in in sports media and entertainment. But ultimately, those are the things that that we want to do and we believe it's always better to do together than alone.
0: Hmm. Always better together than alone. And what has been the perception of the athletes? I mean, part of your job, if I understand, is to evangelize, make them understand the potential, connect them together, present the opportunities, if I'm correct. Correct. Uh, Okay. But then what is, what do you feel
1: is the perception? No, uh, as I said, uh, uh, fee seed investment in general is not for everyone. It's, if you look at uh, an investment portfolio, it's really the cherry on top of of the cake and, uh, or on top of the pie. So without the cherry, you can still have a very good pie. And it's probably best to make sure that you have a solid pie than to focus on that uh, cherry on top. So we know that within, let's say, the entire call it financial system around an athlete, uh, active or retired, that VC investment is a minor element in the overall investment portfolio of of an athlete. But we want to be, and we are, the best possible uh, vehicle cherry, if vehicle. you want to exactly vehicle if you want to uh, if they want to do it and. And uh, with athletes, as with any other uh, investor, trust, of course, is an an, an important uh, uh, factor. So we get asked to do things in other asset classes and in uh, uh, sports franchises and a lot of different uh, a lot of different things. But for now, we really stick to what we know best, which is VC investments, and focus on on that. And to be really known for that, if there is an interest, if there is an ins- desire, if there is something uh related to to venture investing that yeah we are the go-to uh, uh we are the go-to community for uh, active or retired efforts.
0: okay 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 so you mentioned that you invest in sports media and entertainment types, but when we discussed prior to the recording on the last conversation you were mentioning the purpose behind it's not only investing uh, can you let us know about the purpose of, of
1: your investments, of why you do it? So I think um, how we started the conversation, uh, even though it's, of course, more me talking than than uh, uh, than you, but let's still call it the conversation, is that when you work in innovation or in entrepreneurship, it's always about doing something, making something better than it is today. And if you care about sports and you see the potential that technology has to not only make elite athletes perform better and better uh, can be in terms of injury, also their happiness, uh, mental uh, state of mind uh, on a nutritional or hydrational level, on a sleep level, a variety of uh, topics, but also on the positive things that uh, sport will bring to, let's say, the, the bottom of the period in grassroots sports and how important it is for kids to be active and be exposed to physical sports, where uh, they learn live lessons on uh, being involved in a team, or being in, being a part of a community, or developing themselves physically and not giving up, and all those different components. Technology has a huge place to make sure that both the quality of the sports will continue to improve, but also the bottom of the period is still being fed and still being uh, involved, and and making sure that people remain physically uh, active. So for For us, uh, it's always uh, call it sexy to talk about uh, the NBA clients of our portfolio company and the uh, Champions League winners in our portfolio company and the World Cup winners in all these different uh, uh, things. Sure, that's really uh, uh, important and it's an important component, but actually focusing on a lot of things that uh, enhance grassroots or mass participation in in sports. Yeah, that is really driving positive change, not only for the world of sports because it it it, it continues to grow, uh, but also for society in in general. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a very concrete answer to your to your question, but it's really. Uh, it's a, To me, it's a
0: very concrete, but it's quite unconventional for a fund. <laughs> uh, True. In some ways, because yeah. you know, if, when I ask this kind of answer uh, question, I would like I have a kind of. Answers that if we look for solutions that can scale from sports to other, uh, to other industries, or with such uh, profit, and such return on investment. this kind of financial and growth criteria. And what I love in this conversation, and you speak about the benefits of sport first. Mm-hmm. How do you make it compatible with the financial requirements, which I'm sure are always here as well.
1: What we say to our investors in our fund is that ultimately we want to make sports uh, better in a financially sustainable way. But it is in that order. And um, uh, we believe that there is no, call it, financial uh, reason to not invest in sports specifically. And uh, as you know as well, the world around sports is always involved with, perhaps you can say, uh, industries that are uh, not the best for let's say social stability whether it's a gambling or alcoholic or or things like this and uh, it it wouldn't per se be what we are or it's definitely not what we are uh, what we are focusing on we want to make sports better and we believe that if we make sports better if we if you look at let's say our investment thesis in a bit more detail that we believe that the core fund uh, fundament for growth of the entire sector is the quality of what happens on field, on pitch, on track. And if we are committed to making that better and continue to make that better, the business of sports outside of the field will continue to grow, whether it's inside stadiums, on OTT platforms, on web three verticals, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera, It will continue to grow. But if our role with the athletes that we have is really about making sure that that on-field, on-track, on-pitch performance that that will continue to to grow, and anything and everything that has a positive impact on on that performance, that has our focus more than uh, the adjacent things uh, there. Having said that, we know uh, media solutions. We have a broadcast partner in our fund, um, are going to be great tools to communicate that progress to to a larger audience. But yeah, as I said, we, we are committed to making sports better. And I think with the athlete base and, and the backing that we have, yeah, we are well positioned to, to do that. And it will drive uh, great financial returns as well.
0: Interesting. Improve the sport, everything will go behind. Improve the product, everything, the experience, everything will go behind. And can you give us examples of deals that you've made, companies you're supporting, investing in, uh, to
1: illustrate that? Yeah, so uh, we are proud to be uh, one of the first investors in in, uh, Tomorrow Sports by Ruben McElroy and and Tiger Woods. Uh, Entire new golf competition will do Monday night golf in the US, team format, uh, virtual experience to really make sure that golf as a viewing experience is going to be elevated from what it is today. And and we're proud to be a part of uh, that group. We have a company... It was a Portuguese what, company. Now before
0: there. before moving to the to another one, what do you expect on team one? What potential do you see in that one? Because it's an interesting new new concept. Maybe it's worth explaining to the audience how it's complementary to PGA or leave. Uh, how do you, what do you see in it?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, aspects uh, to it, and uh, one thing to to do is that when we are to estimate a. One thing to, to do is when we estimate, let's say, the potential of uh, a company, when it becomes too difficult to evaluate, we like it because it means that there's just a, a, a lot of potential uh, there. And when people like Tiger Woods and Rory McElroy get involved, um, there is a media component, there is a stadium component, there is a big tech component. Honestly, yeah, you tell me what the limit uh, what the limit is on on a deal like that. And if you look at everyone that they've involved in that fundraise and the fundraises after, it's amazing. It's pure entertainment. it's going from uh, golf which could be perceived as a more boring sports more okay maybe a bit blunter old white guy uh, uh, sports into really making it engaging for a younger audience and different audiences. Yeah, I think that uh, that change that creates the change in, in the bottom of the period, citing the, the comment uh, a couple minutes ago. Um so yeah, those are, are great deals to be a part of. Um, and and um, yeah we really look forward to, to to watching it grow.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Another example
0: you, you were going to
1: share. Yeah, so uh, uh, it, it was a Portuguese-established company. They now shifted headquarters to, to the U.S. But it's a company called Scoreplay. Uh, they they seamlessly help uh, sports organizations with all their media assets. And if you look at the inefficiencies uh, for sports organizations to manage their media assets, uh, assets and how seamless they make it, it's a great company. French founders, by the way, uh so uh, with them you can do your podcast in uh in in french and uh, we invested in a company from israel called playside and they have been around a lot longer it's a very unconventional vc story they were acquired for a uh, hundred million in february 2022 management buyout where we have been fortunate enough to uh to be able to help um And with them, we're going to focus massively on, on, let's say, engagement within Pickleball and Paddle by installing uh, off-the-shelf cameras. And they have an automated production uh, software for live streaming, automated highlights, engaging statistics for people to not only play a game of Pickleball and that uh, to be the end of the experience, but to be able to go on a court uh, or a Paddle field and, and, and be recorded on the top level uh, uh, quality. And instantly when you finish the game, you get access to your automated highlights and some engaging statistics that you can share with your friends, use for your own uh, development. And these are really the type of, of deals that we uh, yeah, that we are super excited about. Um, and, and actually just can't wait to to see them uh, grow. Uh, throughout Europe and, and the US uh, in People Golden to make sure that the experience of playing the sport is going to be even better because it's not only going to be playing the sport, you're also going to be recorded almost like a professional. And uh, yeah, that's just great stuff uh, in line with what customers want. And and yeah, well, you can hear probably my tone of voice, but that's why, we, that's why we're excited about what we do. We care about the solutions that we invest in. Uh, not only from uh, an investment point of view but also from being an athlete uh, whether you're you're still active or or not having a better sports experience is is just interesting and and super exciting to be a part of
0: i can hear it on your tone on voice indeed <laughs> and uh, what stage do you like to stay in in a company
1: seed seed and series a deals okay Okay,
0: okay. At the beginning of the story.
1: Exactly, because that's where uh, the strategic relevance of our athletes with the industry insights uh, and the commercial network that that we've built uh, uh, collectively is the most powerful thing. When you go from 100 employees to 250, yeah, we're not going to be the investors that tell you how to build a culture or how to do those things. We wouldn't know. We were athletes. Everyone in our team uh, uh, is an athlete. And uh, we know how important it is to be able to meet the right people early on uh, and get the right insights and the right feedback uh, from the market. And that is really where we help these uh, teams. Having said that, we always co invest. So we're never going to be the sole investor in a company. We always like to do it with, uh, uh, with other investors because they have the expertise on, I don't know, building a company culture, scaling from five or 10 employees to 100 employees and all the issues that come with it that's not our expertise is not where we can uh not where we can help so we as an athlete we're very much aware of the value that we can bring but we're also very aware of the value that we uh, let's say the qualities that we don't have and uh those qualities is not a problem if you don't have it but you just need to make sure that you mix and meet with the right uh, other investors to make sure that they can leverage our strength and we can we can leverage their strength and collectively move forward and um Yeah, that is our approach. Would I be correct saying investing is a team sport? 100%.
0: How do you build your network of co-investors? Do you always work with the same different ones depending on verticals?
1: No, so uh, there's many components to uh, investments. You can look at it from a tech perspective. You can look at it from a market perspective. You can look at it from a geography perspective. You can look at it from... Uh, an industry perspective you can look at it from it's a variety of things that you can evaluate uh, a, a company we do uh, let's say the market perspective because we know the market and if we don't know the market we have good mechanisms to to start to learn about the market and and get a lot of information quickly um, uh, but the other components that is where we need partners in many cases a team has a mode Whether it's on the tech side, whether it's on past experience, whether it's on the founders, there are different things uh, there. But ultimately, when when we're investing, we're not just investing in the company; we're also investing in the network that is coming into the company because we um, um, we work with other investors. Now, where do we meet them? Um, What we bring is quite unique. Uh, Well, not quite is is uh, uh, unique, especially in, in in europe so we team up with other vcs that understand our perspective and our way of doing things and we are always a part of complementing the round we're not leading the rounds Uh, it's not what we do Uh, we come in to help and yeah uh, with past companies and and previous experiences this is what we tell everyone if you want to know about apex it's best to ask portfolio companies and see uh how we've supported and and uh or if and how we have supported, uh because yeah they will tell you uh, they will tell you and it's less biased than than me saying oh we are the best uh it's better to 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 do your due diligence on on any investor that, that you want to work with of course
0: lots of humility um what is a dream for apex capital i mean it's a quite a cheesy question i would say <laughs> but uh <laughs> what is, what is the ultimate thing where would you like to be what is your dream i mean do you want to be the reference for athletes
1: to invest uh, how would how would you phrase it I think so uh, two two comments from from uh, my side so uh, I'm Dutch uh, but probably everyone listening heard from my accent already but uh, I sometimes have difficulties to look into 10, 20, 30 years from now. I find it very complex because I'm just focused on making sure that tomorrow is going to be good and next year is going to be good. That's more or less the horizon that that, that I have. Uh, my partner, Antonio, he's a great entrepreneur. And uh, he's when one thing is finished, he's all, or not even finished, he's already dreaming of the next thing. Uh, and he's really that, that visionary leader, I would say, that really complements well to my character traits and who I am as, a, as an individual. Um, so that question would probably be better to ask him because he will tell you uh, 5,000 different things probably that that, that came up in, <laughs> in his mind. Now, if you ask me what... So, for example, the, the quote that you said, uh, the, the reference for, for athletes, I don't want things to be about us. That, that's the main thing. So we know uh, that we can help athletes make well-informed investment uh, uh, decisions and provide structures and tools to make that happen. But I don't want it to be about us. We are, call it, behind the curtains, uh, orchestrating a couple of things and really making sure that the athletes can add value in a way that no one else can to the portfolio companies. And the portfolio companies get access to a set of tools, including capital, to help their business uh, uh, grow. That is what it's about. It's not about us. It's not about Apex. Uh, it's not about uh, yeah. We're means to an end. That's more or less what I'm saying. And and yeah. for me, and if we can become or if if we can create the community for athletes where the athletes can interact with each other and uh, talk about other things than cars, uh, watches, and 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 uh, really talk about. Well, I was going to say another thing, but that's uh, probably not wise to to do. <laughs> um but really create that, that platform where they can go and learn from each other on on a business point of view that is when that how i would define uh, let's say the ultimate soft component of success uh, that we look to create and and uh, uh, yeah anyway th- those are those are the two points for me for my side yeah Seems
0: like athletes first athletes first on sport first always nice nice yeah. nice nice if you had to give any advice to entrepreneurs uh, looking to enter into the sports industry or seeking investment from companies like Q, what advice would you give them?
1: So I think we discussed, uh, we, we, we pre-discussed yeah. this as well, no? uh, that um, if you look at the amount of companies doing exactly the same uh, thing, thinking that what they are doing is unique, is crazy, is crazy. And um, it's probably a bit of a boring uh, advice from from my side. But with today's technology and information available on the internet and in smart people's uh, networks and brains, um, before diving in and falling in love with your own concept or the thing that you're looking to create, I would highly recommend to do a bit of, competitive research and talk to client, potential clients and talk to potential customers, not only in the geography that you're from, uh, because that's what we see a lot, that there's a solution for something in Italy and Spain and the Netherlands and Germany. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's it's really to, to have a more broader view on what it is you can do, knowing uh, what is already out there. And yeah, it's a probably boring advice, but I would really recommend uh, that you showcase your knowledge of, uh, the market and not think uh, you really have that, that one in a million idea because very likely you don't have it. Well, it's a very, how can I say, crash test advice
0: uh, <laughs> in the sense that, yeah, if your idea is not making a real difference and it's very unique, why starting? Maybe you're going to lose a lot of time and energy on something you're passionate about and it will lead to nowhere. That's very Honest and true. And I made a some mistake sometimes myself uh, going to investor, tell me, what do you tell me? You know what? Nice project. Nice idea. Already heard it five times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I didn't know it because they were not already on the market projects. But people bigger than me who were doing it and
1: they were up to go on the market. <laughs> so I was already one no, step think- behind. So it's, it's there's never a problem that there's uh, competition, but you you just you just need to be aware of it, and with that in mind, figure out where and how you're going to be differentiating. It's not it, maybe to rectify myself a bit, It's not just uh, the concept and doing something someone else is uh, uh, doing, but if you want to go all the way, um you should be aware of of uh, uh, the market. and ultimately it, it will come down to the quality of execution. That will determine who is going to win uh, in the long run. But if you're unaware of competition, if you're unaware of what's happening in the market, if you're unaware of uh, default solutions that that potential clients uh, use, yeah, you're 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 really going in a bit blind. And, um, and that's really the advice that 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 I would like to yeah, give to everyone. Just inform yourself properly uh, mm-hmm. be, be, before diving in.
0: Yeah. And what are those spaces? Do you think? Are uh, these areas in the industry where you see there's space and there's a need for improvement and solutions?
1: Uh, this is the the, the million-dollar question. I think yeah. from from our end, our belief is that the quality of on-field performance is going to determine whether the industry keeps on growing, yes or no. If uh, five years from now there's going to be 100-kilogram players playing for, for Ajax and Paris-Nagin, there's not a lot of people going to watch and we can have a gazillion fan engagement apps. But the quality of, of uh, the sport is just going to deteriorate. So our play is to focus on making sure that um, the quality of sports is being built from on field on track on court performances. and And that is where we focus, and we believe we have something unique to add.
0: Yeah, good. Now we've got a ritual uh, to close our podcast. It's a series of quick questions for quick answers. Ready? Well, I guess so. Who
1: is your favorite
0: all-time athlete
1: and why? Johan Cruyff, uh, number 14, uh, inspirational on and off the field. And not because you're French, but my uh, when I was growing up, the, the favorite football player for me to watch was Zinedine Zina. Your favorite coach? Oh, uh, also Cruyff, but now uh, I would say Pep Guardiola. Why? Uh, hunger, passion, desire, relentlessness. Uh, and a addict. your favorite sport event? No, any World Cup is special. Uh, with the broadcast partner, I'm inviting to go to Istanbul to to watch the Champions League final. Uh, so that will be special. uh, Zandford, uh F1 uh, is special. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of special things in in sports. It's tough to choose. But I'm a football <laughs> player, so so big events in football.
0: The best moment in sport history that you have experienced.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll take a ring check on that one. Cool. One great advice you've received or learned you would like to share? Well, this becomes very, very cheesy, uh, but it's actually the case. I, I believe that if you are nice to people, people are nice to you. It's a, it's a silly thing and maybe childish thing, uh, but it's true. If you're nice to people and you're honest and upfront, yeah, you, it, it will be reciprocated and and. Yeah, that's it.
0: Beautiful. Um, what profession also that yours? I mean, you're young, so you have plenty of time. But uh, would you like to attempt?
1: Also difficult one. I I would probably go into more media side of things and creating a unique series or content, something like that.
0: You like human? Maybe stories. write a book.
1: Maybe write a book. Uh, let me write a book. I think that's, what? That's, the, that's the one. Uh, maybe a kids' book that would be fun. Something like that, like a novel, like a scary one. Yeah, <laughs> that,
0: that would be good. Inspired by your Vietnam experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it happen exists. What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Just welcome. So I thank you. So much for your time. It's great to listen to so much humanity in the investment world. And obviously, the passion for sport is, And but I guess many people have it. But how you transform that passion to add value to the sport is fantastic. Uh, so I thank you so much for this time. Obviously, we'll stay in touch. And I welcome you anytime here in Guadalajara. Uh, world Cup is yeah. coming. <laughs>
1: Thank you for for asking these questions and um creating a platform for people to talk sports. Um and uh yeah when, when the time is right in, in Mexico I'll I'll be I'll be paying you a visit. So it um, should be good.
0: Yes. We'll be in touch, my friend. All the Thank best. Thank you, Arno. See you. Thank you all for listening to a new SIS Masters podcast. We'd love you to subscribe. Please leave a review or rate the podcast. It will help us improve. We'd love to see you in the next episode. Enjoy.